You're listening to the podcast series brought to you by the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program at the University of Florida. Founded in 1967, the program has developed into one of the largest oral history archives in the nation with more than 6,000 interviews. We are dedicated to gathering, preserving, and promoting histories of individuals from all walks of life. One community, many voices. This is Rochelle Moore with the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program. On October 18, 2015, I had the pleasure of interviewing Judith Davis from the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Growing up, Judy underwent many different career changes, but it wasn't until she was introduced to the IBEW that she was able to find a job that she could finally commit to with her whole heart. As she began her four-year apprenticeship, In 1976, she had the discernment of being the first woman in the entire state of Florida to work under the IBEW. Despite her newfound passion and dedication to the electrical trade, Judy was met with much opposition on her journey to becoming a wireman. As a matter of fact, Mr. Hope said when the list of names came before the committee for the incoming class I was in, they got down to me and they looked around the table and said, okay, who's going to take the girl? <laughs> and they went around the table and they get to Mr. Hope, nobody, want, they were all scared of how I would be. Am I going to, if I hear a dirty joke, am I going to file a suit? You know, if, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they got to Mr. Hope and Mr. Hope said, well, I'm going to do what I did last time. We had a first. He said, I worked the first black man that came and he said, I will work the first black. There were many obstacles the tenacious Judy faced on the road to becoming a wireman. There was two or three of them that had a bad about who could make me quit. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of them, um, and I wondered why he did this, but we got a job at the uh, warehouse up there on uh, Waldo Road, and it was hanging. They were going to put some new drops in for equipment, and we had to take down what's called hanging bus duct. A 10-foot piece of it weighs about 65 pounds. Oh, wow. And it's awkward. So I go there with Don, and we get the scaffold set up, you know, and get tools in and all that kind of stuff. And we took, there was 130 linear feet of it, and we took down two pieces, and he said, I've got to go somewhere. So I waited about 15 minutes, and he didn't come back, and I'm like, huh. I went and found a piece of rope and tied that next 10-foot piece off to the scaffold and so then I'd take the hanging rod because I'd done a couple with him. I knew what was needed. I took it apart from the next one, took the threaded rod down. By the time, and he left me for like two hours. He really wanted to come back and see me sitting in my butt. So this, this was part of him trying to make you quit? Is that what it was? Or get rid of me. He wanted to come back, he expected to come back with nothing else done, seeing me sitting on my butt twiddling my thumbs. When he got back, I had all the other 110 feet of it was down. Oh, wow. It was stacked on the floor. The nuts and bolts that went with it were in it. The threaded rod was laid in it on the floor, piled up, ready to be hauled out. He came back and he said, who helped you do that? And I said, that piece of rope right there laying on the scaffold. 
because once I got it loose, I just used the rope and lowered it to the floor. I didn't have to have somebody. Yes. So he, he was actually mad. So I could tell, to me, that was a definite sign that he really expected me not to do anything while he was gone. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So there were a couple of them. Did, did you experience that kind of treatment a lot? People trying to test you, so to speak? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there were guys that uh, would, say, be working close to me or sitting close to me at break, and they would just tell the most, the grossest, you know, jokes or whatever. But my attitude was, if it's not directed at me, I can't help but I overhear. And right then, it was like, this is a man's world, and if they want to talk that way with their buddy, that's between them and God or, you know, whoever. Now, directing something at me, not many of them have the guts to do that, <laughs> you know. Uh, I guess in four years, I had a couple of them. I had one guy pinch my butt in an elevator <laughs> at Crystal River. He wasn't an electrician. So the next day, when we piled in the elevator, I pinched him, but it was with a pair of side cutters. <laughs> you should have heard him yowl. It was something else. And all of his buddies were laughing. Uh-huh, we told him she was going to get you. Oh, you know? Judy's time with the IBEW has greatly touched her life in many positive ways. When asked to describe the experiences in one word, she responded, Really wonderful would be the word I met wonderful people. I got to know a lot of their families. Um, I learned a trade that'll stay with me the, all of my life. Um, I traveled. It allowed me to travel. I've seen major portion of the country work in union, going looking for union jobs. Um, I went from being an only child to having three or four hundred brothers, you know. Um, a support network, basically, that I've never had. I mean, there's a lot of these guys, that one that just left, planning. <laughs> if I, I could call them at 2 a.m. in the morning, and just because, of, I guess, well, they've come to know me through this trade, but I could say, I'm stranded, I'm broke, I can't get from here to there, and I guarantee you they would get me from point A to point B. It's just, it's all of those things combined, but it's wonderful. I'd do it again. For more information about this segment and our collections, please visit our website, oral.history.ufl.edu.